Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Our first edition of the new year. Happy 2020 to all of our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in. And if you are tailing, then of course we appreciate that as well. My name is Greg Crank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks at Undercover Greg on Twitter. Joined as always by my partner in crime, Matt Siegel. Find all of his picks at Showtime Cappers on Twitter. Matt, it's good to be with you. Happy New Year. Hope your holiday season went well. Always has been a tough week getting back into the thick of things, whether it's school, work, or something else after the holidays. But the nice thing is we have playoff football this weekend. Greg, you just you just hit the nail on the head there. We got playoff football this weekend. And like you said, whatever you're getting back to, school, work, or whatnot, you know, it, luckily it's a short weekend. It's Thursday, so that means Friday's tomorrow, and the weekend is upon us, which, like you said, NFL playoffs, and I can't be more excited than my Eagles are in the tournament playing on Sunday afternoon. Certainly looking forward to the final game on the slate. 
battle of a couple of bird teams, the Philadelphia Eagles hosting <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks. We will close with that. As Matt said, we record right now on a Thursday morning, January the 2nd. You listen to this on Friday, January the 3rd. So if there are any line moves in between, not that we missed them, just uh, a little bit of a gap from the time that we recorded to when you are listening to this. But we're going to get right into things now. Uh, we'll start with the two Saturday games. We'll take a break and then go to the Sunday games. So let's start in Houston where <laughs> there's been a, some good jokes on Twitter about how this was so predictably going to be the first game, the Buffalo Bills and the Houston Texans. It looked like these two teams were going to square off for the better part of December. And, and here we are now with the Saturday 4.30 Eastern game being the Buffalo Bills visiting the Houston Texans. Buffalo right now two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Looks like that has been bet bet off the key number of three, which I saw earlier in the week. Total is 43 and a half in this one. Matt, I'll let you start. I'm looking at the total for my play, but how about you? Uh, yeah, Greg. I mean, like you said, open to three, bet off the key number to two and a half. I just really absolutely don't agree with it. I'm all over the Texans here, Greg, at home. Uh, I really just don't trust the Bills here. Deshaun Watson has played in some in big games, you know, and, and he's has that playoff experience. I understand not as successful maybe as he would like to be, but certainly I just think that at the end of the day, the Texans are also a little more talented in their playmakers. Hopkins, Carlos Hyde, you know, Will Fuller, Duke Johnson, their offense is just a little more lethal to me. I think these defenses are quite comparable. Um, the Bills come in here playing average football at best. You know, their 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 last four games, they they didn't score over 17 points one game. So I understand their starters were benched against the Jets when they lost, but in the last three games, they didn't score over 17 points. So I think scoring could be an issue if this game. Uh, I don't know which way you're about to say the total, Greg, but if you're leaning the over, then I don't see how you can cannot like the Houston Texans because there's no way this Bills team can win a shootout against this Houston Texans team at home. Yeah, uh, well, I do lean with Houston on the side for a lot of the reasons you said, uh, but I am liking the over. I booked it at 42.5, tweeted that out earlier in the week. It's up to 43.5. I would play up to 44, which seems to be a pretty – uh, as close to a key number as you can get as far as totals are concerned. Um, and, yeah, I think the reason I like this, um, you have Deshaun Watson looking for his first playoff win. Obviously, he started the playoff game last year, this very 4.30 Eastern wildcard game against the Eagles and got rear end kicked. And then you have Josh Allen making his first ever playoff start. So I think both of these quarterbacks are going to really – come with something to prove and probably take some chances and be aggressive. And we talked a little bit about how that can lend itself towards overs earlier in the year. I remember kind of using that in reference to a Tampa Bay Bucks over, which those were very profitable because we know that Jameis Winston was a high risk, high reward quarterback. I'm not saying that either of these quarterbacks are going to throw that many interceptions, but I do think it's possible that sometimes that over-aggressiveness, which I think we're going to see from these quarterbacks, backfires. And if not, then it results in some big plays. I mean, I know that Buffalo maybe isn't the biggest high-striking offense, but John Brown has had a good season. 
and I'm keeping an eye on Will Fuller's status because if he's in for Houston, then you have a deep threat there to go with, of course, DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I think we're going to see enough. I mean, this is feels a little low for a total. Uh, and uh, shout out to the Action Network. They had a good piece about dome overs being profitable in the playoffs because obviously you don't have to worry as much about elements um, at all, really. So I, I do like this game over. And and like you said, I, I do have to lean to Houston on the side. And, and maybe I do find myself on Houston now that I see that it's off the key number of three. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I said, I just I just don't see how even you personally, Greg, if you like the over, I just don't see how you can't lean the Texans, how you can't figure the Texans are going to put up points. I mean, aside from last week when they benched their starters, the Texans in their last four games, 23, 24, 24, 28. So, you know, they haven't failed to put up over 23 in their last four. So maybe a Texans team total over look would be even a little better for you, Greg, if you already like the over, because, you know, then you're not banking on the Texans winning, but you're banking on them putting up points. Obviously, that would be the team total over. Um, I don't have that in front of me, Greg, but that's going to be another spot that I look. And for the record, I am seeing minus two out there at around minus 115 some in some places and minus 140 money line. I, I'm going to eat it all up. I think the Texans win this game. Bills just Bills just don't do it for me, Greg. They just they just don't do it. I understand their defense is solid, but in the end, we've seen in the playoffs, you need a quarterback who's gonna be able to make plays, and I'm gonna take Watson to make a play over over Josh Allen. You know, I guess the one thing I would say though, as to why I still probably will just play the full game over rather than the uh Buffalo, I'm sorry, the Houston team total. I got it at forty two and a half. Like I think it's reasonable to think Buffalo could score three touchdowns here. I mean, you said that you mentioned 17 points. I mean, I'm only asking for another four points at that point. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think it's that far-fetched to think Buffalo. I mean, and let's also think about. Oh, Houston. not as a better. I wasn't saying t- Houston team total is a better bet just as an addition to your, as to an your addition. over. Okay. Understood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, because uh, you know, they, no it, worries, Buffalo, Greg. I like your over. Like I said, I think the oh, I think the over in the Texans, is slightly correlated here because if it gets shoot out, but but nonetheless, I do still think the Texans could could just win a low scoring game, and then the Bills' offense just totally doesn't show up. But I would, I would, uh, I do kind of see you know like a 28, 21, 20, 28, 24, something like that. Well, that'll work for me, as that would give me plenty of leeway on the over. Matt, anything else from this game? Any kind of uh, nuggets, props, uh, just you know, different kind of angles that you're, you're looking at, or you pretty much just locked in on the Texans side. I, I'm locked in on the Texas side, Greg. And if Buffalo went on the road and win this game, this would be one of the most shocking outcomes of the weekend. I'm serious. Wow. So of all the underdogs, well, we'll get more to. We'll, we'll, I'll ask you that later on. I was gonna. Yep. Uh, that, that I'm surprised that uh, you'd yep. be that uh, blown away by Buffalo winning. But hey, yep. I would. I would. I really do. Um, I really do. That's just because um, I've seen – we'll get into the other games, but we've seen this Patriots team been struggling recently. We've seen the Titans been rolling. Um, and, you know, I, I think the Saints are definitely one of the best teams in the tournament. But the Vikings have, have some firepower, and and the Saints have actually um, struggled at home this year. And when I say struggle, I mean struggle for their typical at-home in the Superdome standards. You know, obviously they're sure. having – an amazing year in general and at home for 
the normal, but they did drop two games at home, one of them being double-digit favorites. I can't remember the last time that happened. Um, but nonetheless, let's move on to the next game, and, and I'll tell you why I actually think that the Bills going on the road is the craziest outcome of the weekend, if they win yeah. that. Yeah, so let's go to it. It's the Tennessee Titans uh, visiting the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Who would have thought that New England was going to end up playing on Wild Card Weekend, but... Hey, Matt, I'm sure you're happy you cashed your Dolphins over four and a half wins ticket there last weekend. And Miami goes to Foxborough and gives the New York, I'm sorry, the Kansas City Chiefs a late Christmas gift and defeats the Patriots and the Chiefs get the bye. So now that sets up Tennessee, who beat that previously mentioned Houston Texans team last week. Of course, Houston sitting at starters. Tennessee gets Derrick Henry the rushing title and gets the last playoff spot in the AFC in the process they are five point underdogs in Foxborough a total of 44 in this one I'll start on this game I know it's probably going to be a pretty trendy dog this weekend but I have a hard time not taking the Titans here I am going to take the points uh I don't blame anyone that wants to look at the money line here I do think the Titans are live uh but I think when you're getting uh five points against the New England team that I mean, let's look at what New England's done in December. Most of the time, this is the time that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick turn it up, right? And they maybe lose one game in the final month of the season, or or maybe not all. Well, they actually lost three out of their five games in December this year. Obviously, uh, they lost that game to the Texans in Houston. Just finished talking about the Texans. That was their first game in December. Then they lost to Kansas City. Uh, at home the following week. So not only did they lose multiple games, but back-to-back losses in December, very rare from the Patriots. And then with everything on the line for that bye, they lose at home to Miami. So two home losses in December. They're just coming in, not playing well. And I think if, if you're taking New England here, you're not taking them off of anything you saw this season or, or recently, I should say, you're just taking them off the pedigree, right? You know, Bill and Tom in January. And, and at some point, we have to look at how they're playing and actually consider that. And yeah, could New England flip the switch? I guess it's always possible. But this is not a team I want to buy right now. And even this defense, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a pretty good game last week in Gillette Stadium against this defense that all of a sudden doesn't look as vulnerable or as uh, strong, I should say, as it has in the past. So, you know, obviously Watson and Mahomes uh, were going to play pretty well, and they did uh, against the New England defense. So can Ryan Tannehill, a quarterback that really took the lead by storm the last couple months, I think he can go in there and have a big game. Mentioned Derrick Henry having the rushing title. I do think if you like Tennessee, you probably should look at the over as well. Uh, but I, I just think the Tennessee side is the move here. And, uh, you know, you have obviously New England's offense is uh, devoid of playmakers. And it looks like that's finally catching up to Tom Brady at his age now. So, uh, and I, I, like I said, I know I think it's going to be a pretty trendy dog this weekend, but I have to like the Titans. Yeah, Greg, I mean, this is what we were talking about earlier when I, you know, when I said why I thought the Bills, because I wouldn't be, would be surprised, the most surprising dog upset of the weekend, because I wouldn't be surprised if this Tennessee Titans team walked into New England and won, and I agree with you, everything you said is correct, if you're betting on New England, you're just betting on the history of Brady and Belichick, 
at home and that they're going to just get the ship right and they're going to come at home. They're going to do what the Patriots have done for the last decade, and I mean decade, and just, just get their business done. And I have absolutely no problem with that. And if you told me that, you know, I say best of luck to you because it's not a losing bet over the last decade. So for me to tell you you're wrong to place that bet, um, would be would be ridiculous. With that being said, I'm going to go off what I've seen, and what I've seen is is a Tennessee Titans team that is determined. Really turned around their season when they when they made the move from Mariota to Tannehill. Seems like they've found. I don't know if I want to say franchise quarterback, but the quarterback, but at least their quarterback for the for the foreseeable future. Oh, absolutely. I've seen a I've seen a Patriots team. You know, in their last five games, lose to the Dolphins, beat the Bills by only a touchdown in a close game, blow out the Bengals, who who were the worst team in the NFL, and lose to the Chiefs. And, and remember, that Bengals game in the first half was competitive. Yeah, that Bengals game in the first half was, you know, comp- yeah, I mean, it was 13 to 10 at half. It, it, it definitely wasn't a blowout. It wasn't a cakewalk. You know, before that, I see the Patriots win a close game against the Cowboys, who are missed the playoffs. Then I see the the Patriots win a close game against the Eagles, who barely made the playoffs as well. And then I see them lose to the Ravens. You know, and then I and then and then and then they go back to their domination. Their last game they dominated in my mind, Greg, truthfully, was the game against the Browns, October twenty seventh. Since then, for whatever reason, they just haven't. Well, the schedule got this. a lot harder, and we saw what Early. they were. Schedule got a lot harder. They, the, but the thing was that you know it was always Brady this, Brady. But the defense has just looked a little vulnerable. It doesn't look like it did in the right. first half. I mean, they allowed twenty-seven points to the Miami Dolphins, right? And since that game against the Browns, they've only really they, twenty. They, they, Eric Rowe had the pick six, but continue. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's on the scoreboard, though. But sure, there you go. So even 20, you know, they haven't been putting up that much points. Like I said, 20, 17, 13, 22, 16. Aside from the outlier, 34 at Cincinnati, they have been struggling to score. They've been struggling to move the football. It's pretty evident that Tom Brady is definitely on the decline. And that's not a knock on Tom Brady or on his career. Father time is undefeated. We know that. I'm not saying this is Brady's last year, but I just have a feeling we're going to start seeing, you know, shells of himself going forward. But, hey, if there's a time that Tom Brady and Belichick bring their best performance, I would say it would be this playoff and where they're down and out. But with that being I like the Titans team total over. And that's that's just because, like I said, I think the Titans are going to put up points. And I've seen the Patriots let teams put up points. But in the end, it's tough for me to go against this uh, uh, Patriots team in Foxborough when when they're down and out, backs against the wall because we know how much they can prepare and how well they can be coached and and we can simply just see a coaching mismatch on Saturday and the Patriots win by double digits. I would not be shocked, but nonetheless, I do think Tannehill and the boys are going to be slinging the ball. Derrick Henry is a beast on the ground, and I think the Tennessee Titans are going to come into Foxborough and put up some points. I'd be a little surprised if we did see a big coaching mismatch. I know Belichick is obviously an all-time great, but 
I give Mike Vrabel a lot of credit for what he's done there in Tennessee. Uh, I think he'll have his team ready, and, and I think they're going to go in and win the game. But I'm going to take the five points. I do like your play of team total over. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I think if you like the Titans, you probably have to look at the full game total over. But I think even more so, the Titans team total over would make a lot of sense because, you know, at, at New, New England is five-point chalk and a total of 44. You know, that's telling you that you're going to see, uh, you know, a, a pretty low-scoring game, at least as far as the Titans are concerned. So if the Titans win, then, uh, yeah, you have to think that they go over their team total. So I would certainly agree with your angle on that one. Anything else here? Anything we really – I mean, I, I think we kind of hit on everything. Uh, New England, I think you're kind of just right now riding off the reputation. And, hey, if there's – I will say – and Matt, you kind of hit on it. If there's one team that you want to bet off of reputation, it would be New England at home in the playoffs, right? Oh, yeah. Not even a question. This, you could play this as a blind bet for sure. So and is that kind of why you're just looking to the Titans team total and just staying away from the side altogether? I, I just, you know, I just don't. I'm not fully off the Patriots ship. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, you got my eyes open. You got my attention. That the decline is there, but I'm not fully off the ship, and I'm not so sure that this Tennessee Titans defense doesn't maybe open up, you know, the ship for the Patriots. I understand. I mean, forget last game because the backups were in for the Texans. You know, the game before that, they allowed 38 points to the Saints. They allowed 24 points to the to the Texans. They allowed an Oakland Raiders team to score 21. Um, you know, they, they only, they allowed 17 points early to the Colts and then they ended up shutting the door that game. But this Tennessee Titans defense, you know, hasn't been so stout games before that 20 to the Jaguars, um, 32 to the chiefs, 30 to the Panthers. So like you said, I mean, these Tennessee Titans, they do play high scoring games. I mean, they went over four of their last five. I think the over is another great look here. Patriots have gone over four last five as well. And 44 points just, just isn't, isn't that much to me. You know, I, I could easily see a 27-21 game. I mean, 48 right there and four, over four. I could see the Titans winning that game. But I wouldn't be shocked, like I said, if the Patriots hung a 30 spot and the and, and, and Tennessee Titans were shut down and they put up 17. Remember, this is Ryan Tannehill's first playoff game on the road in Foxborough. Like we've seen Tom yeah. Brady struggling, but who knows? Maybe that maybe they're pulling out some some things that we didn't see in the regular season. It, it, it's it's just it's so hard to go against them until you see in the playoffs struggle. You know, if they were to go out and lose this game, let me tell you, Greg, then we have a different outlook on New England coming into next year and the future. But until they go out and they lose this one that they're supposed to lose, I mean, supposed to win you know, on their home turf in, in, in January, then it's, it is hard to go against them. I'll be honest. Let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll get to the Sunday games next here on full slate. Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully there's untuck it. The original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your shape or size, untuck it shirts always fall at the perfect length. I have had my own great personal experiences with Untuck It, never have had any issues, and I hope 
that you your experiences are the same. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite untucked style online or check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your, short, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and the promo code BLUE for 20% off. And we're back on Full Slate. Greg Frank at Undercover Greg on Twitter for all of my gambling picks. Matt Siegel at Showtime Cappers for plenty of his picks. We'll certainly have other picks on our Twitters this weekend. We record on Thursday. There is some big college basketball this weekend. Obviously, when you hit the new year, college basketball hits conference play and things begin to ramp up on the college hardwood. So we'll certainly be talking plenty of college basketball the next couple of months as we inch closer to March Madness. A um, few more bowl games left. Uh, we will look at them. Obviously, uh, no nothing strong on any of us. That's why we're just talking NFL this weekend. Uh, but you know, Matt, still still a lot going on. And so, uh, you know, as always, we appreciate those listening and uh, keep an eye on the Twitters. Just a quick reminder before we get into the Sunday games. On that note, let's go ahead and move to New Orleans, where the Saints are hosting the Minnesota Vikings. The Saints are an eight point favorite in this one total of forty nine and a half. Uh, Matt, I'll let you start and go ahead with your handicap on Minnesota and New Orleans. What are you saying? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a tough one. Obviously, the biggest spread on the board. I mean, I'm going to start out with saying, I, I, I mean, not obviously, but I clearly think that the Saints are going to win this ball game. Just eight points is a lot. I mean, obviously, over two key numbers of three, which a field goal, seven, and a touchdown. Um, so I can't comfortably lay the eight points with the Saints here. I actually lean the Vikings with the points here. I do like the over. I think both these teams can score. I think both these teams have high-powered offenses. You know, Saints have gone over a total three of the last four. Vikings have gone over a total three of the last five. Their starters were resting last week. The Saints offense has just absolutely been rolling. So this is another game where I'm going to look to play a team that I believe is going to win. I'm not so sure about the cover or whatnot, but I like the Saints team total over. I don't see this Saints offense slowing down. 26 points, 46 points, 34, 38, 42. That's their last five games. And, oh, yeah, they have that wide receiver who goes by the name of Kent Gardmike. I don't know who the hell is going to guard him on the Vikings. It sure ain't going to be Xavier Rhodes, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, gosh, what a disaster Xavier Rhodes' season has been. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Minnesota certainly uh, has a pretty stout front seven there, but that's where you can beat them in the secondary because of how quickly 
Xavier Rhodes has declined. I do like Mike Hughes, uh, but he's still just in his second year. So, uh, yeah, Michael Thomas could be a handful for Minnesota. But I'm going to actually piggyback off of a couple of things you said. You said you lean Minnesota and you lean the over. Those were two plays that I booked earlier in the week on my Twitter. Minnesota plus the eight. That hasn't moved. Over 47.5 is what I got. I'm seeing over 49.5 now. I'd probably play it up to 50. And to me, this is simple. You have a line here that I think is kind of inflated off of some narratives, right? What are the big narratives around this game? Well, you have the Minneapolis Miracle Revenge for New Orleans because these two teams, of course, met in the playoffs two years ago, and we all know how it ended in Minnesota. Then you also have New Orleans playing its first playoff game since the disastrous no-call last year against the Rams. So you have both of those things, and I think naturally you're going to – hear those storylines what's the the media is already kind of hyping up both of those things you're going to keep hearing about the minneapolis miracle hearing about the last playoff game that the saints played and 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 blah 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 blah. and it's going to be easy to think oh here come the saints they're just going to come out and blow the vikings out the out of the superdome and that's why i just think that this line is a little too high and i'm certainly going to take the points with the vikings on top of that Minnesota's getting healthy. Dalvin Cook practiced yesterday. Looks like he's going to be back for what it's worth. Alexander Madison, their third-round rookie out of Boise State, back up to Cook, who does see some run. He looks to be returning as well, so it's not going to be uh, Mike Boone as their only back uh, healthy this week. And, Matt, I know you talked about it a lot at different points in the regular season. Kirk Cousins had a really good year, and we get him at his – Favorite 1 o'clock Eastern start time. And I say that because Kirk Cousins, uh, 1 o'clock versus all other start times, the uh, ATS record is drastically different. And I know that maybe this is different because it's a playoff game, but I think this is the closest thing to a normal regular season, less pressure spot for Kirk Cousins that you're going to see. And those are the spots that he normally plays well in. So I think he's going to be able to go in and uh, and play well. And obviously he's had Adam Thielen hasn't really – had a big game yet since he's returned, but he's back in the fold and Stefan Diggs. Uh, I think that this Minnesota offense is going to put up points. And obviously Drew Brees at home, I have to think they put up points. So that's why I looked at it as Minnesota and the over, because if new Orleans does cover this number, just can't see it being an under, right? Like I can't see new Orleans winning this game, like 35 to 10. I, I don't see that happening. So I think, Minnesota in the over is definitely going to be at least one and one. And I'm fairly confident that it's two and oh, just because, as I said, the narratives surrounding the Saints in this game, I think, are inflating the number a little too much. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, Greg. And I'm, you know, I'm happy that it seems like through three games we're pretty much in agreement um, and damn near everything. Yeah. I mean, that, that's always nice, and hopefully that means we're correct, and hopefully uh, we're cashing some tickets this weekend, and hopefully those that are listening are tailing and doing the same. Let's wrap things up, though, with the final game of Wild Card Weekend, and it is the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Philadelphia, one-and-a-half-point underdogs, total of 45 in this one. Smallest spread of the weekend And, Matt, I'll start. This game is the only game I haven't played, and I don't think I'm going to. It's As of now, it is a pass for me. 
because when we look at the Eagles, and you and I are both Eagles fans, so you look at what they did down the stretch. A lot of resolve, a lot of mental fortitude, a lot of just intangibles, right, that kind of willed them to this division. From down on by two scores to the Giants on Monday Night Football to come back and win that game in overtime. Washington gave them a game in, in Landover, Maryland, and the Eagles come back and win that one. Greg Ward with a heroic touchdown catch. Their defense was outstanding against Dallas, and they win a low-scoring game at the link. And then the Giants for three quarters were right in that game, and the Eagles did not crack and pulled it out at MetLife Stadium last week to win the division. So they've showed a lot of grit, a lot of toughness, right? But at the end of the day, this is still Carson Wentz throwing to a bunch of practice squad targets for the most part. We'll see about Zach Ertz on Sunday, but if he doesn't go, then you know, you're relying that much more on a second-year tight end, Dallas Goddard. I think sooner rather than later, this is going to catch up to the Eagles. However, that doesn't mean I'm running to the window with Seattle here because it is the Eagles at home, and normally home games are the spots when you can ride those emotions those intangibles that are so hard to quantify, which always seem to help the Eagles at this time of year. Under Doug Peterson, what have we seen? Obviously, the Super Bowl run. Last year, they got hot in December to sneak into the wild card, and then they won the game in Chicago and almost beat New Orleans. So I don't want to bet against the Eagles in December and January. Under Doug Peterson, it's just not a good idea. What is he, 11 and 2 or something in, in meaningful games in December and on, I think? Yeah, it's, it's, since I, it's, I know coach. it's only two losses. Uh, you know, and one of them was, you know, the game in New Orleans last year that went right down to the wire. So I don't want to bet against sure. the Eagles. As far as the total, I do lean to the under, but that's another thing that's just a little tricky because do you really want to take the under with these two quarterbacks? I mean, both these guys are playing at such a high level, and I know I just mentioned Carson Wentz's lack of weapons, but recently it hasn't seemed to matter. He's been playing that well, uh, and I know that there was the 17-9 game against the Dallas Cowboys, but other than that, in this run, Carson Wentz showed himself pretty well with what he had and was able to put up points. So this game, for me, is going to be a pass just because, I, like I said, I don't have anything strong side or total here. Greg, it's a it's a really tough game. Um, I mean, and again, I'm really in full agreement with everything you said. Why is it a tough game? Because every single thing, pretty much, points to the Seahawks is probably um, the best bet, right? But, but like you said, there's just something about this Eagles team for the past couple of years, specifically under Doug Peterson that they've found ways to win, no matter who's at quarterback or who's catching the ball. And that's a scary thing. And on the flip side, you have another guy, Russell Wilson, who is a Super Bowl champion, a proven winner, has won big games. You know his primetime record. I understand this isn't necessarily a night primetime game, but it's a playoff, Sunday afternoon playoff primetime game. They're also injured, though. They have had their four, their top four running backs on their depth chart hurt. It didn't seem to affect them too much last game. Obviously, they added Marshawn Lynch, 
And, and we know, you know they had that Eagles, rookie. While you mentioned injuries, I mean the Eagles are just decimated. Brandon Brooks and the Eagles, uh, you know, is going to be out. So Lane Johnson's been hurt yeah. on the line. So they've had injuries all season. So and they just, have injuries all season. Um, I'm not so particularly positive about Ertz. I'm pretty sure he should be able to be give it a go, but it's a tricky injury. I understand with his ribs. And there's a and there's a chance of re-injury, so they have to figure out what they want to do. But nonetheless, like you said, Carson Wentz was the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for over four thousand yards without a wide receiver catching over five hundred yards. So that's pretty impressive to me, and that just shows the resilience of Carson Wentz in this team and the next man up mentality, and which is what happened when they won the Super Bowl two years back. You know, I understand it was really just Wentz that went down and full stepped up. You know, they still had all the amazing skill players around them, but now it's the the other way around, right? So the skill players around Wentz are gone, and Wentz is still there. Can he will and lead this Eagles team to victory like what an MVP caliber before his injury and franchise quarterback would and should be able to do. It will be very interesting. And I think this is the game of the weekend because, Greg, I do think whichever team wins this game has a real chance at making some noise in the next game on the road. I really do. Before I go into my play on this game, what do you think about that? Well, it's interesting because if you do think New Orleans is going to win the first game, then New Orleans would be locked into going to Lambeau Field. And I think the Packers are the team that is more vulnerable to an upset. So that would mean that the winner of this game, if New Orleans does win the first game, the winner of this game is going to San Francisco. And it's very difficult to see me seeing, especially the Eagles. I know that Seattle did it in the regular season. Uh, but I don't know that I see either one of these teams going into the Bay Area and coming out with a win because the 49ers – look to be the most complete team in the NFC. That doesn't mean they'll get to the Super Bowl, but they have the home field. And gosh, I mean, especially if it's the Eagles now with injuries on the offensive line, I have to think that D line for San Francisco would just have a field day. So it's difficult to see me seeing either one of these teams winning in San Francisco. However, if the Vikings do pull the upset and the winner here goes to Green Bay, then it's a much different story. Uh, the reason I tell you this is, one, I think we can agree. If the Seahawks go there, I, I don't care what the line is. That's a toss-up game. It's, it's, we've seen the Seahawks and Niners play two games, each win on each other's home turf, and each yeah, game one of them comes down to, to the wire. And the other went right down to the goal line. <laughs> I will take whatever points they're going to give me on the Seahawks because that game is going down to the edge, uh, to the end again. Divisional game. So don't tell me there's no way that the Seahawks can't go on the road and win a game at the 49ers at San Francisco like they already did. So that's why I think that if Seahawks can go on the road here, they can. The one thing I will say for the Seahawks is just a little tricky is they played that tough game against the Niners, then they travel all the way to Philly, and then they travel all the way back to the Niners while the Niners have just been at home resting on the bye week. That's what happened. And again, the, the but this week. is all assuming that Minnesota pulls an upset. No, Seahawks would – Minnesota doesn't pull an upset. Right, then – oh, you're right. Correct. My mistake. Yeah. So I'm going off the assumption Minnesota doesn't pull the upset. Right. Um, and with the Eagles, Greg, I understand that the Eagles just haven't looked great and they're injured, but God, man, they would have just played five straight playoff games. 
I, I, I would have to roll with a team who's just played five straight games fighting for their life and have come out victorious in all five of those games. You know what that means? At a certain point, I don't care how good the teams are you're playing or not. It just means you know how to get it done. You know how to get the job done, and you know how to finish. Yeah, you know how to win ball know, games. For what it's worth, last year I mentioned that Eagles-Saints playoff game. The Eagles did cover in that game despite losing it outright. They were an eight-point underdog. So, you know, sometimes a lot of the factors that I mentioned, like the Eagles injuries, not having a lot of playmakers – Sometimes that can be a little overaccounted for, and there is that heart element, those intangibles, those things that we can't quantify that make it hard to, to bet against those teams. So I hear what you're saying. It's just difficult for as far as, you know, straight up, uh, it's difficult for me to see the Eagles going into San Francisco and winning. But, hey, uh, you know, as everyone says in this business, you'd want to bet numbers, not teams. So if you were to give me enough enough points, then maybe I would look at the Eagles. And, and also, it's worth noting, if the Eagles do win, whether they go to San Francisco or Green Bay, they're going to get Deshaun Jackson back next week, it looks like. Exactly, Greg. I mean, so that's that's a huge piece. I understand he hasn't been there. But nonetheless, Greg, let me get to my pick on like what I said is I think not only the, the biggest game of the weekend, I think it will be the most competitive. I think it will be the most exciting I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles, Greg, here, and as much as I would want to say, oh, it's a max pick this, it's a max pick that, you know, it's just it's just really not because you're still going up against a, a team who has a, a, a winning quarterback, a proven Super Bowl champion quarterback and coach combo, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. So you can't just – and, you know, we saw the Seahawks come in to Philadelphia and um, win this win this game already. But, but again, that's that's a tough task to do, to, to win at the length twice in one season, Greg. I can't remember last time I've seen it. No, I'm just kidding. But it's a tough task, and this Eagles team's playing with a lot of heart, a lot of next-man-up mentality. Uh, the hungry dog runs faster, Greg, and, and, and I'm taking the small the small home dog here. I think the crowd plays a factor, could be affecting the Seahawks. You know, Seahawks are a little injured as well, and I think that the Eagles can, can will themselves – to another victory, I really do. Maybe that's the slight Eagles biased fan in me. But like you said, I will slightly trust the numbers, you know, not the teams here. But I do truly think that whichever team wins this game could beat the Niners. However, I, if I'm the Niners, I, I definitely am not, like I said, I'm not taking either of these teams lightly. I'm resting up this week. I'm getting ready to play because especially if Seattle comes to town for that rubber match, Wow, we are in for a game, Greg, because, again, that is coming down to the wire. And, you know, just to cap this off, I know you spoke about – I just want to say thank you to the Patriots, really, for letting me win that Dolphins over four and a half wins. You know, that might – that might that's that ticket's got to be saved. I don't even know if I want to cash it, Greg. 0-7 to start the year. All they're talking about, the Miami Dolphins tanking. You know, here we are, and, and I cash them with five total wins. I mean, that's – Pretty remarkable, and not to toot my own horn, but 19.2 units off of NFL futures. I would say that's a pretty successful couple months of investing. I don't know about you, Greg, but I enjoyed the wild rides. Yeah, no, that sounds good to me. And yeah, that Dolphins win total beat was certainly pulling a cat out of the bag, if you will, because that was uh, wild the way that that went down. And, and yeah, a lot of credit to Brian Flores. Obviously, he's not going to be the coach of the year, but. The job he did there in Miami uh, is certainly up there with the best coaching jobs this season. So uh, there you have it. Those are our four picks. Uh, Matt, any final words, anything else? Uh, you know, oh, one thing that I want to add. 
as far as betting the Super Bowl winner now, it's very difficult to really find value in the prices. Oftentimes, we talked about this in our preseason pod, that if you bet the Super Bowl winner, uh, you want to try and target a team that you think is going to get a buy. Because now you're obviously not getting anything close to what you could have. Like, if you can correctly predict Baltimore getting a buy or Kansas City getting a buy or whatever, then I, that is where your value lies in betting the Super Bowl. You know, because now, as far as Super Bowl winners, you, with a lot of these teams, you do much better just betting a money line rollover than you would the futures ticket. So, just something to consider. You know, if you want to, Matt, you mentioned the Eagles or the Seahawks. If you want to, you know, take a long shot like that, that you think can make a run, I get it. But history suggests that the buy matters a ton. And obviously the prices you're seeing on these teams now, I just feel like the ship has sailed as far as the value is concerned with, with betting the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, to be honest, Greg, I'm not a big fan of betting the Super Bowl pre-playoffs if you want to take a shot at two or three teams who you think are going to have a great year pre-season or mid-season i like that pre-playoffs you're in the tournament and yeah like right right now for example baltimore is plus 210 like you're really going to bet them at two to one to win they got to win three games like it just doesn't feel like a good bet I, Greg, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I would I would beg to differ. If you parlay Baltimore, there are three straight games. You could That's end up getting point. better odds. That's my point. Better That's odds. What I'm saying yeah. a money line rollover does better as yeah, far exactly. as the, the probability. Just something to consider this weekend when you're wagering on the National Football League. Matt, always a pleasure. We'll be back early in the week. Uh, Monday or Tuesday, we'll record. We'll figure it out, and we'll drop one. Uh, during the week of Full Slate Pod talking NHL, NBA, college basketball. Uh, certainly the winter sports uh, beginning to heat up a little bit. Uh, if you see what I did there, uh, it, it'll be a, a busy next couple months. I like what you did there, Greg. For the winter sports. Matt, appreciate you. Enjoy your weekend. Best of luck to everybody out there in Degenerate Nation. And we certainly hope that you hop aboard with our picks. Matt, take care. Enjoy your weekend. Same to you, Greg. Let's win some money this weekend. All right, everybody, please play responsibly. Greg Frank for Matt Siegel, signing off here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.